Welcome to it. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. My name is Brad Brown. Thank you very much to Siki and the MoneyWeb team back again tomorrow here on South Africa's News and Information Leader. 6 p.m. Get your latest uh, updates on what's happening on the markets as well as with your money uh, tomorrow evening. Coming up on this evening's show, we'll hear from Stormers in Western Province. Outgoing coach. Weird saying that. Outgoing coach Alistair Katsia. Uh, he made the announcement today that he'll be stepping down as coach of Western Province. We'll also uh, find out what happened day one of the South African Road Cycling Championships in Mbombela today. We'll chat to Hendrik Wagner. Also, the Proteas heading to Australia and New Zealand tomorrow ahead of the 2015 Cricket World Cup. And we'll touch base with the MD of Cricket South Africa, Corey van Sale to find out uh, what the Proteas uh, have got in store, what they can expect in Australasia. Before we do any of that, though, let's take a look at some of the stories uh, making the news today. And uh, as mentioned, Stormers and Western Province coach Alistair Kutsia has chosen not to extend his contract at Western Province Rugby, but instead will take up an opportunity abroad at the end of this year with the Kobe Steelers in Japan. Kutsia has been head coach of Province since 2008 and the Stormers since 2010. Uh, province Director of Rugby, Gert Small, confirmed that John Dobson will take over as Western Province Curry Cup coach, while forwards coach Matt Proudfoot and backline coach Robbie Fleck, who are both Kutsia's longtime assistant coaches, will continue in their respective roles with the Stormers. Stormers open their Super Rugby campaign on the 14th of Feb against the Bulls. In AFCON news, Ghana striker Asamoah Gyan has flown from one end of Equatorial Guinea to the other for a scan on an injury that makes him doubtful for Thursday's Africa Cup of Nations semi-final against the hosts. He travelled uh, from Malabo to Mongomo, where the only MRI scan in the small country is located after being kicked in the stomach by Guinea goalkeeper Nabi Yatara after, uh, in the closing stages of Sunday's quarterfinals. It's been an eventful tournament for Gyan, who missed Ghana's first game against Senegal and then climbed out of his malaria sickbed to score a stoppage time winner in the second match against Algeria. Ghana have since beaten South Africa and Guinea to reach the semis for the fifth successive time. Ivory Coast take on the Democratic Republic of Congo in the other semi in Barta tomorrow evening. Polokwane City coach Costa Papic says he's happy with how their Gauteng camp has gone. Polokwane City played Platinum Stars, Bidvest Vitz and the University of Pretoria in friendlies last week. He says he would like to play one more game, although he's happy with the three they've played already. Papi says the camp gave him a chance to see all of his players and learn, uh, learn more about their opponents. Although City lost two of the games, the results were not always going to matter. About the result of the game, friendly match is absolutely not important. Even when we win, draw or lose, doesn't matter because uh, something which is uh, which is important for us, so I try every combination which I think is going to be good for us for our, for our remaining part of the season. Meanwhile, Chipper United COO Lukanvo Mzinzi has stressed that they've not abandoned their plans to play some of their matches in East London. Port Elizabeth's Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium is only going to be ready to host matches next month and the team was supposed to play some in uh, East London, but they are taking those games to the Isaac Wolfson Stadium in Kwasakele Township in Port Elizabeth. The East London issue is still uh, very much an open issue uh uh, for this match of Marisbeck is definitely out. Of, uh, the stadium is not yet that uh, ready, but uh, we're still open. We might be taking uh, Swallows or uh, Celtics match there very soon, but uh, we're busy with the municipality. 
In international football news, Liverpool midfielder Philippe Coutinho has signed a new long-term contract with the Premier League club today. The Brazil international, who joined Liverpool back in 2013, will stay at Anfield for the next five years. Real Sociedad's Mexican forward Carlos Vela underwent surgery yesterday on a torn meniscus and will be out of action for at least two months. And Japan's national coach Javier Aguera has been fired over allegations he was involved in match-fixing. The former Mexican coach became embroiled in a massive match fixing probe launched by Spain's state prosecutor in the Spanish league. Aguera has denied any wrongdoing. In some cricket news, New Zealand have staked their claim as one of the dark horses for the upcoming Cricket World Cup. They thump Pakistan in their final outing before the World Showpiece gets underway by 119 runs to clinch the two-match series 2-0. Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor both made hundreds that guided the Black Caps to 369 for five in their 50 overs. In reply, Pakistan were dismissed for 250. In some golf news, Rory McIlroy traded his golf bag for a dark suit today. The Northern Irishman is in a legal battle with his former management company Horizon Sports Management in the Dublin High Court. The top-ranked golfer is suing the company and uh, and its leading agent, claiming that he was misled into signing the contract with the company. Horizon is counter-suing, claiming McElroy owes it millions of dollars in commissions. McElroy left Horizon to form his own management company back in 2013. In Formula One news, the fate of the German Grand Prix hangs in the balance. Formula One boss Bernie Eccleston has uh, been quoted in German media today, saying they are not look things are not looking good and they are trying to save it. The German Grand Prix scheduled for the 19th of July is shared by the Nuremberg Ring and Hockenheim. Officially the Nuremberg Ring is to stage the event however financial problems effectively rule out a race there and a possible move to Hockenheim appears to be doubtful for the same reason after organizers ran up a deficit last year. If no agreement is reached either uh, with either course Germany will be without a Formula One Grand Prix for the first time since 1960. Big Sevens Rugby Coming up in Wellington this weekend, the Blitzbocker have won two out of three of the first legs of the HSBC World 7 Series in 2015. And Sibela uh, Sonatla is looking forward to this weekend's challenge in New Zealand. Yeah, I think uh, we're happy with the way we prepared uh, back in Stellenbosch. We had a very good camp uh, coming from PE and Dubai. Uh, the guys seem pretty hungry and the vibe in the, in the camp has been uh, pretty positive and the guys are working really hard. So. Um, we're happy to be here at uh, different conditions than back home where in Stellenbosch it's very hot. But we're very blessed to be in Wellington and uh, blessed to, to be playing this sport again. And finally, to end some squash news, six-time national squash champion Steve Coppinger equaled a career-high 16th place in the latest world rankings that were released today. Coppinger reached the quarterfinals at the Men's World Open Championships in Doha, Qatar, in November, and he became the first South African to do so since Roland Watson in the 1970s. National champion Sioli Waters remained in 34th position in the women's rankings. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll hear from Western Province rugby uh, about the departure of Alistair Kutsia. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, the big news coming out of Cape Town today was that uh, Western Province and Stormers coach Alistair Kutsia will be stepping down and not renew his contract at the end of the Super Rugby season, instead opting to go and coach in Japan for the Colby Steelers. And a uh, big announcement was made in Cape Town today, and fellow Wakefields, the president of Western Province Rugby Football Union, made this statement. Um, I have the following announcement to make. And that is that uh, our long-serving VHL 
Stormers in DHL Western Province, Coach Alistair Kutsee, has chosen not to extend his contract at Western Province Rugby and will instead take up an opportunity abroad at the end of this year. Alistair will join Japanese club Kobe Steel Kobelco Steelers, having decided to put pen to paper this week. What I mean by that is, he's finally decided to inform us in writing that he will resign his position. Alistair Kutsia became head coach of Western Province in 2008 and the Stormers in 2010. Under his guidance, the Stormers have become one of the most consistent Super Rugby teams on the circuit. After losing the Super 14 final to the Bulls in Soweto in 2010, Kutsia then coached the Stormers to successive South African conference titles in the extended Super 15 in 2011 and 2012. The latter tournament seeing the team also top the overall log. Meanwhile, at Curry Cup level, Western Province have won two titles under Kutsia's leadership in 2012 and 2014, having in total contested four finals in the past five seasons, with two of those finals being at home and in succession. Asked by our rugby correspondent here on SAFM, Craig Ray, what made him decide to leave Western Province? This was Alistair Gutsia's response. Okay, first of all, I'd like to say I'm very excited about the season, knowing it's my last season with the Stormers. Uh, so really looking forward to this one. Uh, I think it's, uh, I've had a special time in Cape Town. It's my eighth year doing it. And uh, it was a great experience to be able to be coaching a fantastic union, one of the best in the franchise and in the province. Um, and, uh, you know, eight years, it's quite a long time. And uh, you also, as, as a human being looking for challenges, new challenges, and the, you know, an opportunity came along, and it was never an easy decision. My family and I, with uh, consultation with obviously CAP over a long period, they decided that, you know, for my personal development and uh, a new challenge, uh, something that I shouldn't, you know, take lightly and consider, and, and I've done that. I think uh, what has been achieved at Western Province, I think uh, I'm really satisfied. Uh, I had two special competitions, the Curry Cup, working with two special captains in Dion Fouré and Joan Dion, <coughs> and being supported by two brilliant coaches in Platy and Matt. And uh, when you talk about special players, you We've worked with the likes of Jean de Villiers, national captain, Scott Berger, you know, and over there since 2010, Andrews Backer, Peter Grant, Ricky Jenner, Brian Abena, those kind of players that we've worked with over the years. Then you realise that uh, you've had a fantastic experience and you're actually blessed when you get able to do that. And then again, Craig, just part of my answer to you, bringing players through like Lucia Colisi, that's all France Malarovic, you know, those uh, even Etzebats, uh, other young players in the fold, and, and you see how they mature. And I think at, at, at some stage you will have to make a decision, you know, uh, that the place is in, in really in a good position. And in rugby, it's important for a player to know when to retire. 
and also a coach to move on. And uh, I just see there's a great opportunity. But uh, furthermore, I'd like to say, you know, that uh, this place, I probably show my gratitude to the supporters and to Western Province by my commitment in this campaign. This year. Alistair Gutierrez will be replaced as head coach of the Curry Cup team by John Dobson and his two assistant coaches, Matt Proudfoot and Robbie Fleck, will continue in their current positions as the forwards and backline coach with the Super Rugby franchise. We wish Alistair Gutierrez all the best. We will be chatting to him, I'm sure, throughout the 2015 Super Rugby season uh, before he does head off to Japan. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And today started two weeks of very competitive cycling on South African soil. The South African Road Championships taking place uh, in uh, Mbombela, uh, in Pumalanga, this uh, week. And today was day one. Race organizer of the SA Champs, uh, Hendrik Wagner, joining us now. Hendrik, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap. Thank you for your time this evening. Was day one a success in Nelspreet? Thank you very much for the time and the interview. And uh, yes, we really appreciate that. And it was a wonderful day here in Mombella today. Henrik, as far as uh, as the proceedings go today, were, was all, all the juniors were in action. Also, uh, a lot of the, the Paris cyclists. Uh, as far as the level of cycling amongst our juniors in particular, is South African cycling in a good place right now? Yes, special. Uh, we, uh, with all the good news at the beginning of the year with MTN Quebec and uh, Daryl Impey that was here on the course with the youngsters today, uh, everything is so promising and uh, we've got quite a lot of talent coming through, uh, especially on under 16 and smaller. Uh, quite a few uh, girls on a 10, on a 12, on a 14 that's on the bicycles and that uh, we didn't have that for a few years and uh, suddenly there's uh, a growing it. That is fantastic. Well, I can tell you that the under-16 boys time trial champion, Nico Murray, uh, Jay Davies finished second, and Devon Short uh, finished third uh, in the under-16 girls was T. Keep, uh, A. Britson, Infa Nikark, uh, who finished uh, third in, in that one. Uh, Indrik, you, you mentioned Daryl Impey out there this week as well. He is going to be racing in the senior champs later on this week, but it's great to have someone like Daryl there. Also, Ashley Moorman-Passio out. Uh, she's been racing quite a bit in Europe. It's, it's wonderful to have two cyclists of that caliber uh, sort of giving something back, to, particularly to the youngsters. That's for sure. And uh, I had an interview with Ashley this afternoon, uh, and we were discussing the whole course for this weekend, or for the week that's coming on. Uh, and she mentioned that uh, if you have a look at it, it's uh, similar to something in Europe. It's not only a flat course, there's something for the climbers, there's something for the, the sprinters. And most of all, it's a very technical thing to ride. Uh, and she said that's something unique to South Africa to do it on this course. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, w- without a doubt. And I mean, it's, uh, it's not the flattest part of the world out there in Bombella, so I'm sure it's, it's going to be a, a challenging course. As far as our, our paracyclists go, we, we've produced some, some world-class paracyclists over the years. I, uh, I think of uh, the likes of Ernst von Dijk, uh, uh, Justine Asher, also uh, Peter Dupre. Uh, I know Peter was, was in action today. Justine was in action today as well. How did they go? They were very good, and uh, we had to chat with them. All of them is very happy. And they also said that if you look at the whole course here and uh, there's a little bit of uh, tactical things, it's perfect training for them for the world a little bit later on in the year. Uh, the, the director of the uh, 
the Bamers, Mike Burns, and he was here, and he was very, very happy with all the results that came through today from their side. So day one, done and dusted. Henrik, what does the, the program look like for, for the rest of the week? Perhaps someone is in that sort of part of the world and they'd like to come and watch what's happening tomorrow and the day after that and, and for the rest of the championships. Uh, tomorrow it's, it's uh, paracycling para for uh, road. That will, they will do that tomorrow. We will try to finish them uh, in the first two days that uh, they could be off. Uh, and then uh, it's for uh, older people and the uh, on a, uh, on a 12 for their road race to finish them. And then the special day is we start looking at Thursday. We will start with the time trial for the elite men with Gabriel Impey, uh, Louis Mankis, uh, Reinhard Janssen van Rensburg, all of them in here, back in South Africa, all of them wanted jersey. Uh, and then a little bit, uh, yeah, then it's on a 23, and that's a very, very challenging field. Uh, and then I think it's a, one of the biggest uh, fields for uh, ladies, and you need ladies a little bit later than the juniors. So actually on Thursday it's a time trial, then it's a road race for uh, veg men and ladies, on a uh, time trial, sorry, for veg uh, ladies and men on, on Friday. And then the big one, and that will be the uh, full road closure, on a circuit of 14 kilometers on Saturday morning for our uh, UCI categories, uh, juniors, uh, junior men, uh, under 23 men, elite men and elite ladies. That's happening on Saturday and, and with it being on a, a condensed uh, course like that, 14Ks, it means uh, from a spectator point of view, it's going to be great to watch. Uh, well, I think we, you can't uh, ask for something more. Uh, if you think uh, like a double Impian and Louis Mankis, they will pass you uh, 13 times within every 20 minutes, uh, wherever you stand on the course. If you want to see some world-class cycling, head out to to Mbombela this week. It's all taking place, uh, the South African Road Cycling Championships. Henrik Wagner, thank you so much for your time this evening. Congratulations. By all accounts, today went off uh, very, very smoothly. Good luck for the rest of the champs. We look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you very much. SAFM Sports Wrap. South Africa's news and information lead a big day for the Proteas tomorrow. They jet off to uh, Australia ahead of the upcoming World Cup. Not long to go now either. They get their campaign underway on the 15th against uh, our neighbours, Zimbabwe. And uh, we're joined now by the MD of Cricket South Africa, Corey Fonsell. Corey, welcome onto the programme. Nice to, to catch up. It's an exciting time for the Proteas. Oh, absolutely, Brad. It's a, it's a wonderful time. I think, you know, it's every four years, obviously, is, <laughs> is the World Cup. Uh, um, and uh, it's, it's just every, every player always sees, uh, you know, it's just looking forward so much for, for this opportunity. And, uh, and I, I, they must be so excited. Uh, I mean, I was part of that in 2011. And I know what it feels like to go there. So uh, I can only imagine how they feel today. Yeah, and, and there's a bit of unfinished business uh, with with, uh, with regards to World Cups in Australia. If you think back to the yeah. one in 92 where we were very unlucky, if you have to be honest, in that semi-final against England where rain intervened. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just, looking at that team, we're going into this one, we, we're looking really good. We've got players firing and not just one or two. Uh, I mean, the likes mm. of, of David Miller really stepped up in the one-day series against uh, the West Indies. It's, it's really, really good to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think sometimes... Most, you know, we've said that in the past as well, and we've had some seriously good teams, and we've done really well. And and uh, um, but with all of that, you know, the the expectation just increases. And uh, but I think you you know you you said it that we've got um, some some good players that really came into form uh, over the last series. 
But what's what's uh, what's really nice for me and and and, and uh, why it really gives me a lot of confidence is the way in which these guys uh, approach their batting, um, how they chase down uh, um, um, scores. I take you back to the game against uh, Australia, the final in Zimbabwe in that triangular, where they didn't hesitate to actually, uh, when they won the toss, decided they're going to chase against Australia. And the fact that they did that, just that mind shift change and the fact that they won it, you know, just gives me a uh, a good feeling about about these guys. But at the end of the day, you're still going to need things to go your way, you know. Yeah, I mean, these tournaments like this, you do need a little bit of luck uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. Look, looking at, at some of the other teams going into this one, uh, the new ICC rankings came out yesterday. Australia top, uh, India second, we're sitting third, uh, and then England. And, and just looking at, at who the major sort of competition is going to be, as always, India and Australia are going to be tough. England, uh, they, they blow hot and cold. But just looking at that uh, New Zealand side as well, they, they're putting their hand up of late. Yeah. They, they're looking pretty good. Had a good win against Pakistan in the series and, and wrapped it up today. Yeah, no, they uh, they really look like a very dangerous side. Uh, they're obviously play, playing in their own country as well, um, and and if they do progress to the quarterfinal or semi-final stages, they will be playing at home as well. So they must be a factor, um, and uh, so they are a dangerous, uh, dangerous team. Um, but as you said, you know, but you know these World Cups, you know what it's like. You know, it's, the the main thing for for South Africa is how are we going to handle the knockout stages. Um, that's the most important thing, and and and, and I just get the feeling that um, you know they 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 are a lot better equipped um, mentally for that, and uh, you know we need to get through that war knockout stages, uh, obviously for us to 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 win this trophy. And it doesn't matter who we play, you know, whether it's uh, Australia, it doesn't matter who we play, uh, we need to beat ourselves. Yeah, without a doubt. Corey, and then just uh, I read a report today about Russell Domingo looking to, to possibly rope in Michael Hussey on, on a consultancy basis down in, in Australia. I, any truth to that rumour? Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm at liberty to say, uh, Brad, uh, um, but, uh, you know, if he does do something like that, uh, possibly just to know a little bit more about um, Australian conditions and all that sort of stuff and how... Um, you know, we know that Michael Arce was great at, at uh, closing down games and, and, and so on. And, you know, so uh, I can't really say whether that's true or not. Um, so I need to be a little bit, uh, um, yeah, I don't know what to say, to be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, it might be true. Corey, and then just finally to wrap up off the World Cup subject, uh, South Africa have been in action over the last few weeks against the English Lions. Uh, yesterday's uh, unofficial ODI took place in Mamelodi. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful mm. spectacle and, and great for the game of cricket, taking it to, to Mamelodi in Pretoria. Absolutely, and I, I tell you, with the Mamelodi Cricket Club and, and Northern's Cricket Union, um, you know, they just put up a wonderful uh, the show there. And uh, it was wonderful to see the guys play. And, and, and I must admit, I took my hat off for, or take my hat off for the for the two teams. They really went out there and 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 made sure they played some really good cricket. Um, the pitch was was wonderful. Um, you can see that in the amount of runs that were scored. Um, and and for us at, at Cricket South Africa, it's really important in terms of our vision um, and and mission. You know, of of making cricket accessible to everybody, increasing our fan base in the country. It, it, you know, it's important for us to take it to uh, to the uh, previously disadvantaged areas. But uh, just to see, that's one thing. But to see Mama Lodi, how they actually, uh, um, you know, put that game together, 
um, that's wonderful. And, and obviously, we can do more of that in the future. Fantastic. Corey von Sale, MDO Cricket South Africa, thank you so much for your time this evening on SAFM Sports Wrap. Uh, if we don't chat before the World Cup, enjoy it, and we'll definitely chat soon thereafter. Thank you very much, Brad, and we hope it's, uh, we'll have a lack of chat after that. And don't forget, there is a big send-off for the Proteas tomorrow. It's taking place at Melrose Arch in Johannesburg. The Proteas will be gathering there between 12 midday and 3 o'clock. It is open to the public, so if you'd like to go and wish uh, your Proteas well on their journeys and uh, for the 2015 Cricket World Cup in Australia and New Zealand, you're more than welcome to. Melrose Arch, 12 to 3 tomorrow. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader and following their early exit from the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations in Equatorial Guinea, Bafana Bafana coach Sheikhs Mashaba took time to revisit their shortcomings at the Continental event and answered some of his critics upon their return. Mashaba confessed that at times his youngsters were overwhelmed by the international standards of the tournament despite having played great football in all three of their group matches. I think there's a lot of things that have been said before this team left the country. We were told about expensive players, we were told about number one teams in Africa. That is the first thing that we had to deal with when we were in camp. We, we were trying to take that out of their minds. Each and every level has its own experiences. Like we're saying, they were overwhelmed at certain stages, but with time in the games you could see they are losing respect of the opposition. I didn't want us to talk about scoring goals. If you look at the first game, we should have scored not less than five goals. Yeah? Five. Not in front of the opposition defense. We went behind the defense. They scored three goals. None of those balls, they went behind our defense. So we, we worked hard to deal with those things. And I think we did very well with, with, with the other coaches to do that. Having scored first in all three of their group games, keeping and improving on their lead or their lack of mental fortitude was evidently uh, Bafana's Achilles heel. Mashaba says the hunger and determination to succeed was always there in the change rooms during the game. And Mashaba adds that taking the, uh, f- uh, taking from this tournament's performances has uh, changes. Uh, uh, his changes will deliver in due time. If we talk about the half-time talks in the dressing room, the technical staff will agree. I I was talking based on what I see on their faces. They were displaying those hungry faces. They showed that they want to win those games. What we always said to them, it was, go out there, apply all your skills. Never play a certain fiddle to other players, irrespective of who they are or where they come from. Up to so far, we are the best. That is the most thing that would always remind them. They are the best. We never spoke too much about tactics because South African players are very unique. I want to challenge people about that. South African players are very unique. At certain areas of the field, that is what we need to to work on. But generally, they are unique. With time, I think they'll deliver more than they are expected to. One of the departments that had Mashaba under fire from the media and his critics during the AFCON was the goalkeeping department. Mashaba played all three Bafana keepers, Darren Keat, Jackson, Mobokwane and Brilliant Kuzwayo, respectively in all three of Bafana Bafana's group matches. Suffice to say that the late Senzo Miyua left a huge void in the national team, but Mashaba says they were building a team with the trio. We have uh, accepted that is normal. The three goalkeepers, it's our vision. We're building up a team. It is unlike the infield players where you're going to change three players you're killing the momentum of the team and the goalkeepers if we're going to bring them half time and say let's see him you're not seeing much 
Maybe he comes in and the team is not doing well. Maybe he comes in and the team is on top. So that is why we said the three of them. Let us play them individually in each and every game. That was the thinking about the whole thing. Kenzie was always good with plans. She'd graduate, get a job, travel the world. She'd summer in Paris, winter in Mexico, go shopping in New York. All while learning to speak Japanese. Yep, that's the plan. But it relies on Kenzie earning a salary, which is why at Sunlum we've developed solutions with preferential rates for graduate professionals like Kenzie, covering a monthly salary if she's unable to work due to disability, sickness or injury. Because working tirelessly to protect life plans is what makes us wealthsmiths. SMS your name to 43214 or speak to your financial advisor. Sunlum is a licensed financial services provider. Standard SMS rates apply. I do not choose to be a common man. It is my right to be uncommon, if I can. I seek opportunity, not security. I want to take the calculated risk. To dream and to build. To fail and to succeed. It is my heritage to stand proud and unafraid. To think and act for myself. To enjoy the benefit of my creations. And to face the world boldly and say, this I have done. I am an entrepreneur. Visit businesspartners.co.za. Business Partners. Investing in entrepreneurs. SAFM Sports Wrap. That's about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Don't forget, if you are a big cricket fan and you want to join the Proteas, uh, as uh, we wish them well uh, on their World Cup journey, it's all taking place at Melrose Arch tomorrow between 12 midday and 3 p.m. Head down there and uh, wish A.B. de Villiers, Hashim Amla, Faf and the rest of the squad all well as they head off to Australia and New Zealand. And that's uh, about it. Thank you very much to my producer, Siobhan, for this evening. Also, a big thank you to all of our guests. Thanks to Corey van Sale as well as Hendrik Wagner uh, from uh, Cycling South Africa. And uh, Alistair Kutsia, best of luck on your journey as well and good luck for the upcoming 2015 Super Rugby season. Uh, it's been a wonderful servant of Western Province Rugby. The talk shop is up next with Neleri. Right now, though, it is 7 o'clock and time for your news with Greg Close.